Welcome to the 1132YA podcast. If you're ever in the area, join us for The Gathering every third Tuesday at 7 p.m. at 700 Rivercrest Boulevard, Allen, Texas. Colossians 1.15 says this, We look at this sun and see the God we cannot, who, who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, say everything, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him, say in him, and it finds its purpose in him, say in him. He was there before any of it came into existence, and he still holds it all together right up to this moment. He's saying that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus holds it all together right up to this moment. He holds it together. Somebody say, he holds it together. And when it comes to the church, Jesus organizes and holds it together. Say, holds it together. Like a head, he does a body. Verse 18, he was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. I love that. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there. And he towers far above everything and everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy. That everything of God's finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies. All because of his death, him being Jesus, all because of his death, his blood that he poured down from the cross. Tonight's title, if you're taking notes, is entitled, Stay simple. Look at your neighbor and just tell them, stay simple. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We honor you in this place today. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your love and your presence. Have your way. And everyone said, amen, amen. Is anyone else like me? And there are a few things that I, that I hate to do in life that I procrastinate on, sometimes to the point of being a little illegal. Maybe not. not I can neither confirm nor deny, but... Uh, does anybody's um, registration go out? And you're like, man, on this Saturday, I'm trying to just relax. Registration, I can't stand, uh, and oil changes. Come on. Registration, you throw inspection in there. It's like, man, I ain't trying to get, I ain't got this time. We make all these excuses, right? You know, Maybe if I just avoid the police long enough. No, I'm just playing. I'm, like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kind of. But registration, inspection, but, but an oil change. An oil change is something that, that I had to get the other day. I was like, in my else lit car go like 2,000 miles fast due? I'm like, it'd be all right. It's, it's a newer car. It'd be all right. It's good, you know. One, one guy on Google said it could go up to like 13,000 miles without a, I think that's okay. I'm going to go off of what, 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 Bob, what Bob said on, on Google. Anyway, so I got an oil change, and, and I was thinking about the concept of just an oil change. And, you know, oil changes are, it's really a fundamental thing. It's needed. It, it's vital that you do it. It's a necessity. It's an essential. We could talk about how much we love our car. We could talk about how fast it goes. We can go get it clean, talk about how we love car wash memberships. Come on, somebody. 
we, we can talk about the way it looks, the way it drives, the way it rides, all that stuff. But if we neglect the, one of the main things, you ain't going to last very long. An oil change is vital, it's a fundamental, it's an essential. And I want to talk to you tonight about in our Christian faith, we have some fundamentals and we have some essentials. If we forsake them long enough, we may be able to run a little while, but eventually our motor burns out. It runs up. You get a little tired. You begin to feel like, uh, like you're suffocating. I want to talk about fundamentals and essentials tonight. Um, we have fundamentals and essentials in life. Fundamentals are things that you do. Essentials are things that you need. There are things that make life go around. There are things that hold it all together. Fundamentals. In real life, we need things like social skills. It's a fundamental of life. We need professional skills. Come on, somebody. Be, be a pro. We need to have good stewardship. That's fundamental. And so on. In our faith life, when it comes to Christianity, uh, there are fundamentals. There are basics. Somebody say basics. The problem is in our faith, in our Christian faith, and talk to the Christians for a moment, we, sometimes we make Christianity about everything else but the main thing. You ever heard the saying, keep the main thing the main thing? Right? You ever heard somebody say, let's just get back to the, to the basics? Because if we're not careful, here at the gathering, here at 1132, we can make it about the gathering. We can make it about even one another. We can make it about the good music. We can make it about the decent message. We can, we can make it about... We can make it about the after party. We can make it about the performers. We can make it about the fun elements. We can make it about everything else. And those are all good things, but they're not the main things. If we come in this place and neglect the main thing, his name is Jesus, the one that holds it all together in the first place, we have missed everything. That's why we take moments in worship. That's why we take moments uh, and, and just dive into the presence of God because that is the main thing. And if we neglect the main thing, we have missed everything. So I want to talk about some main things today in our Christian faith that, that hold us together, that hold it all together. Uh, um, and, and I'm talking about that tonight. So my heart tonight is to get back to the beauty in the simplicity of our faith. There was a coach, if you know sports at all, you know the name Vince Lombardi. And um, there's a little excerpt out of a book uh, that I have about Vince Lombardi. He was an NFL Hall of Fame coach. It says this, I just want to read to you for a moment. It says, in 1959, Vince Lombardi was hired as the head football coach of the Green Bay Packers. He took the difficult task of turning around a losing franchise. After a miserable game, the players gathered in a locker room in silence. They braced themselves for the coach to enter and erupt in a verbal assault, as expected. After a few moments, the coach entered the room with the football in his hands. He stood in silence, searching for words. The players prepared for the worst. He proceeded to explain the boundaries of the football field, the length of the goal line, and how moving the ball across the goal line scores six points. Lombardi brought a room full of professional football players back to the most basic elements of the game. Lombardi is regarded as one of the greatest coaches of all time because he, from that year, took the Packers to win five championships in seven years with two Super Bowl championships while never having a losing season. Why? Because he took them back to the fundamentals. And I just want to make sure that we never neglect or forsake the fundamentals. It's not about reputation. It's not about Instagram followers. It's not about fame. It's not about success. It's not about stages, platforms. It's not about any of that. 
I just want to bring us back to the fundamentals today. Fundamentals create champions. If you're taking notes, write that down and underline it like four and a half times. Fundamentals create champions. What are the fundamentals of our faith? The fundamentals of our faith. There are, there are four I'm going to talk to you about tonight. There are some other ones, but four main ones. Number one, worship. Worship is a fundamental. If we neglect worship, we have neglected a basic thing of Christianity. Okay? Worship. I'm talking about not just worshiping, you know, for the, those of you like leaders and preachers in the room, not just worshiping uh, to get a word, uh, not just seeking God and, and, and giving them glory to, to get the next exhortation. I'm speaking to myself. I'm talking about just worshiping because you love him. That is a basic thing. The second fundamental thing is prayer. Okay? We have to spend time with him. Designated time. We need to have a time and a place where we just get and we converse with God. Prayer, my pastor says, it's, it's, it's oxygen, it's life, it's O2. It's if you're feeling like you're tired, if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling like you're suffocating, you got to get with God and, 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 and pray and be with him. Prayer is very simple. We don't have to, we don't have to sit back and, oh, dear Jesus, I pray right now. We can just simply, God, right now I need you. Would you just speak to me? I'm feeling a little stressed right now. And so it's prayer, worship and prayer. Prayer is a fundamental um, of what we do. The third thing is the word. Jesus calls the word the bread of life. It's food. It's substance. The, the word, the word, the word, the Bible, the scriptures. We got to get into the word. Um, and, and, and we call it around here, we, we say eat the scroll. We got to eat the scroll. Got to consume the word of God. And the fourth thing I would say is community. We need community. We need one another. We're only as strong, we're only as strong as our community. That's why we have groups here. You can sign up tonight. We're only two, three weeks in. Okay, but we need community. We need to link arms with one another. That's why we say life happens in circles, not in rows. Because church is good. We need to come to church. You know, that's biblical and all that. But we need community. We need one another. So we got worship, we got prayer, uh, we, we got the word, and we got community. This is when Christianity goes from ideology to reality. When you begin to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus, it's beyond intellect. This, 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 is, an, this is a place, this, this is a, a life of intimacy with him. Sometimes I get tired, I get exhausted, and, and I can usually trace it back to my lack of the fundamentals. Have I been worshiping just to worship him? Have I been being with him more than a few minutes in the morning? You know, I've discovered that 10 minutes a day, is not near enough to be with God. There's too much pressure. There's too much uh, social and cultural stress. There are too many things being thrown our way uh, to only seek God for 10 minutes. Now, let me say this. If, you're, if, 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 you're not having any, if you don't have any prayer life at all right now, start there. That's great. I'm telling you, don't settle there. You need to let that thing grow. Let it evolve into a thriving relationship. If I only spent 10 minutes a day with my wife, I wouldn't have much of a relationship with all, uh, at all. I'm telling you, if you get with God in the first thing in the morning, what, what's the Bible say? Jesus arose early in the morning. He knew how to get away with the Father. And if he knew how to, if he had to get away with God, all the more we must get away with God. Come on, somebody. Say amen. The essential, the essential, the essential. There are things in life that you need essentials. This is the next point. Essential. Say somebody say essential. Essentials in life are water, food, sleep, and so on. I was uh, on my phone the other day, sitting eating barbecue. That's where God speaks to me at, at barbecue joints. And I was looking at my phone, and God began to uh, speak to me through 
uh, through my phone. And, he went, and so I'm, I'm going to preach just from my phone for a minute. And we are like our phone. There are a few essential things that my phone needs. Number one, this phone needs power, yeah. a.k.a. life. Some of y'all Pentecostals in the room just got really excited when I said power. And we need that too. But we need life. What, what, what makes us think that, that if we forsake the fundamentals, that we could live a vibrant life with Jesus? If I don't plug up my phone long enough for, to, to leave it charging, it's not going to have very much life. It'll last a little while. It'll last for some time, but it won't be fully charged. And that's the will of God for your life is for you to live the abundant life, the prosperous life, the life that's full of joy, the life that's full of passion. I think there are sometimes too many, too many uh, uh, dead phone Christians walking around because we haven't taken the time to be with him. It is an essential thing. We have to be plugged up to the power source. We have to be plugged up to life. And the, the, the thing that will actually give you life that's uh, substantial and substantial, the life that's actually full of joy, real life, real satisfaction, is a life plugged in to the power source, and his name is Jesus. Come on. We need power. I'm just kind of walking you through some of this. The next thing my phone needs, my phone needs a protector. We need a protector. We need a protector. This phone, we have to have it. Anybody else just, you're, you're accident prone and you drop your phone, and you shatter it, that's why you need a case. And actually get a case that covers up the screen. I actually have cracks on my screen because I did not mind my own advice. Um, my wife's like, yeah, that's going to be a good tab. But uh, just like our phone, we need a protector. Psalm 91 says this. It'll be on the screen. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, which means the God of heaven, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. Verse 2, he's the hope that holds me and the stronghold that shelters me. The only God that is for me in my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. And he'll protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are his shield, keeping you from harm. This does not mean that you won't go through stuff. The Bible says that, that, that rain falls on the just and unjust alike. In other words, people of God, people not of God, life happens. We talked about Job earlier in worship. Life happens to everyone. But what this is saying is that, that, that you're going to be under the shadow of the Almighty. You're going to go through stuff, but it's not going to take you out. It's not going to harm you. What did Paul say? Although I walk through the fire... I will not be consumed. When I walk through the water, I will not drown. I'm reminded of the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shout out VeggieTales, Chocolate Bunny, if you know VeggieTales. Come on. But the story goes, in summary, King Nebuchadnezzar, he was an evil king, and he looked out over, over Babylon, and he, he, he told possibly thousands of people, he said, hey, yo, when the beat drops, you got to bow to this idol, you got to bow to this god. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were crazy. They, 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 they were people from, from the gathering. So when the beat dropped, no, they didn't bow. Everyone else bowed but them. But the consequence was that they would get thrown into uh, uh, the, the, uh, the fire, the, uh, the furnace. They would get thrown into the furnace. So they get thrown into the furnace. 
But I love this because it said that afterwards, now there was an angel in there. People believe he was Jesus. There was four people. There was a powerful story in there. But my point is when they got out, it was awesome because they didn't get consumed in the fire. They actually turned up the heat seven times. But, okay, let me just talk about it. They they looked in there at one point, and there was a fourth man. And we believe that to be Jesus. So they were under the shadow of the Almighty. They were in the fiery furnace, but the fire did not consume them. It said, in fact, it said that when they got out, that they didn't even smell like fire. In other words, you can be thrown into the furnace of life, but I'm telling you, when you get out, not if, but when you get out, because we have protection, when you get out, you won't even smell like the place you came from. And that's a good place to praise God for just a moment, that I'm not where I came from. I don't resemble where I came from. I don't smell like where I came from. I don't sound like where I came from. I'm not hurt like where I came from. That's a good, come on, that's a good time to praise God right now. We need a protector. We need a protector. Paul said this, or David said this rather, with God at my side, I will not be shaken. It tells me that you can go through anything in life and you won't be taken out. You can go through that pain. You can go through that accusation. You can go through that divorce. You can go through that loss of a, of a loved one, but it won't take you out. In fact, that's like the best testimony you could ever give to the world. Because the world, the world, people that aren't living for Jesus, they'll look at you and they'll say, how'd you make it through what you went through? I tell people that your consistency will, draws, will, will cause curiosity. People say, PT, how do I minister to my family? They're not about Jesus. I understand. But your consistency over time, your consistency walking through the fire, walking through the water that should have drowned you, I'm telling you, it'll cause curiosity. It may, your life, somebody said your life will be the, uh, the, the, the Bible that someone will read or something like that. I butchered that, but you get it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't get it. But the point is that people are watching, and they're going to wonder, what is this? I want to know the God that you know. Because if you can go through the same thing that I went through, but, 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 but it made me depressed, but it hospitalized me, but it, it caused me to be this way. But when you went through it, you still had joy. You still had smile on your face. You still chose to praise God. Although people may look at you and say, why don't you just curse God and die? You said, blessed be the name of God who gives and he takes away. We need a protector. Somebody say protector. Just like our phone, we need a protector. And also a phone needs signal. Needs signal. Needs. Y'all are so ready for me to run around this room. <laughs> My men right there are going to make me go crazy. Somebody say signal. Signal. To have a signal on my phone, I need to be in proximity of the signal. It's not that there's necessarily a lack of signal. I'm just not in proximity of the signal. And I think a lot of us can get mad at God because he's not allowing us to break through what we're stuck in. But all the while, we're positioned wrongly. We got to be in the place and position and proximity of God to experience him. Instead of looking back and saying, he never came through for me, were you looking to him? Were you praying? Were you seeking God? You know what signal will cause me to do? A signal will allow me to shoot a text out to Jaylee. But can, but can I say this, that a text not sent is like a prayer never prayed. So if you're lacking signal, you can't send a text. 
One day I was trying to be a good hubby, and uh, we had a, a, a dish on the side of our house. And I went out there, and I, and I put it up on the side of our house, and I kept yelling through the window, do we have signal? And Jaylee said, no. I said, okay, how about now? She said, no. She, I said, how about now? She said, no. I was like, what is happening? And again, I realized that it wasn't, there wasn't nothing, anything wrong with the signal. It was everything wrong with the position of the dish. And the moment that I turned, that I turned the dish and positioned myself in the right way was the moment we began to receive signal. Can I tell you that the word says you're only a turn away from God. If you're not hearing anything from God, maybe we're just in the wrong position. And I'm talking about the position of prayer, the position of faith, the position, the position of consistency. Are we in the right position to receive anything from God? God wants to speak to you. He wants to be close. But we can't have our back to him and say, he never did anything for me. We just got to turn around and, and face him. I just want to ask us tonight, where are we positioned? Which way are you facing? I just feel like there are some of us in this room tonight who are frustrated with God. I just want to, I want to encourage you. I know I don't sound encouraging, but I promise you, I'm trying to encourage you. Let's just check our positioning. Are you, are you looking to him? Or are you looking everywhere else and blaming him? We must look to him. Somebody say position. There are a few things that my signal will allow me to do. In other words, my connection, my connection. I'm connected to God. You know, that's what allowed David to walk through what he went through. It's because he was connected. He wasn't perfect. He was pursuing the one who is perfect. He was a man, how does the Bible say that he was a man after God's heart if he messed up so much? Because he was a man of trajectory. Have you messed up? Yeah. Are you after his heart? Yeah. But he was on trajectory. He was pursuing him. He was a man of connection. Connection allows me to, uh, on my phone allows me to uh, access maps. Anybody, anybody uh, diehard Waze people? Waze or Apple? Google? No, I ain't about it. Google. It's all about that ways. I have found, though, I have found on my phone that when I have no connection, I have no direction. And I'll, I'll get mad because I'm on some, some country roads or, or I'm, in an, I'm, I'm somewhere else and I, and I don't have signal. And I can't get mad. I can't get mad at the signal. I just got to get mad at my connection, my, my position. Where there's no connection, there's no direction. If you are struggling with direction in your life, I'm telling you, get connected to God. Because the moment you begin to lean into him, you'll begin to hear that gentle voice speak to you and give you direction, give you guidance. And I know at this age of life, you know, I know at this age of life, some of you just graduated high school, some of you out of college, some of you are already in the young family stage of life. You may be saying, hey, I don't know what to do next. I'm telling you, if you just get alone with God and not forsake the fundamentals, the essential things, he, he, he will lead you. He will lead you. If you're looking for him, he won't, he'll, if you're looking for him, he won't tease you. 
My pastor told me this one time. He said, the same God that found you when you weren't even looking for him is the same God that will surely be found by you when you are looking for him. He's not a God that's going to tease you. He's going to speak to you the moment you position, come on, that dish in the right way. It allows me to have signal. Where there is connection, there is direction. It also allows me to text, for my text to actually go through. When I have signal, text can go through. When you're positioned right, your prayers will go through. Anytime you pray, let me say this, anytime you get it out of your head, through your head and out of your mouth, God hears your prayers. Prayers are like this. Prayers are like texts in a lot of ways. I wrote this down because I want you to write this down. If I can find it. Texts are convenient. Texts are daily. And texts are often. Texts are convenient, daily, and often. Just like a prayer life should be. Prayer life is convenient. We can access God anytime. Prayer life should be daily. And prayer life are often. I'm just trying to walk you through some steps tonight to help you. Number three, the next thing it does is it allows me to FaceTime. It allows me at any point of the day to just FaceTime my wife. One of my favorite things to do, I just love to FaceTime her. And I'm like, I, I just got one thing to say to you. I love you. I just want you to know that. It allows you to, to FaceTime. If you've got an iPhone, if you've got an Android, you can't FaceTime. But if you've got a, oh, relax. When I send a text and it goes green, I, do you wonder like me, did it go through? I don't know. I don't know. But it allows me to FaceTime. Say FaceTime. Did you know this about God? That he loves FaceTime. He loves face-to-face time with you. In that vulnerable place of just getting alone with him. Just saying, God, without you, I can't make it another day. Whatever the nature of the FaceTime may be, it may just be, hey, what's up? What are you saying? What are you speaking? Or, hey, I just, sometimes I call my wife for no reason. I just FaceTime her. What's up? What you doing? Jesus loves time with you. And I think we complicate FaceTime with him. We complicate these essential things and these fundamental steps so often in our Christianity. We complicate it and we make it about things that it's not. And my goal tonight is to simply just draw us back to that place of simplicity with him. The first pastor I worked for used to teach me, you know, Tyler, the kingdom is simple. The kingdom is simple. The kingdom is simple. No, it's complicated. No, pastor, it's complicated. There's so many, there's so many, uh, you know, ins and outs and ups and downs. He said, no, no, no. It's simple, bro. And the moment we begin to complicate it is the moment we step outside of what God desires us to live in. He wants a simple relationship with you. A relationship that when he, he calls your name, a simplicity that when he calls your name, you follow him. You don't sit back and you say, well, God, I messed up. I did this. I did that. I did this. I did that. He said, no, just follow him. The first, the early church, I love this. They were simple. Jesus just walked by. Sometimes he didn't even have to say, follow me. He just walked by. They just, they, they literally dropped everything to follow him. They would give up their life, everything that they knew, just to follow him. 
fact, it was most of the time all the way to martyrdom. It was crazy. Following Jesus back then was like a death sentence. And we follow Jesus now, we go through one trial, and we think, why have you forsaken me? But for real though, I think we need to get back to that place, all that to be said. We need to get back to that place that when Jesus calls you, which he's calling you tonight, when he calls you, you answer. Don't ignore him. Gone are the days of ignoring him when he's trying to call you. I didn't get into this to living for him for any level of success, any level of notoriety, any level of fame, any level of, of being known or getting more followers or standing on stage. I didn't get into this. In fact, I never actually wanted to do this. this the thought of this terrified me. I never wanted to do this when he called me, when, he, when I heard his call. He's always calling, but I had, to, I had to hear him. I finally stopped hitting a door and I actually answered the phone when I responded to him. Some of y'all think, though, that he's calling you to shame you. It's not true. Some of y'all think that when y'all begin to follow him, he's going to give you all uh, this, this whole list of why you shouldn't be happy or why you shouldn't be successful or why you don't deserve him. That's not true. That's not the heart of God at all. But when I got into this, I decided, man, if, if God could rescue me what he rescued me from, I'm going to spend the rest of my life on stages or not telling people that he can do the same thing for them. I'm in this because he reached down in my pits and he pulled me up. He reached down to those empty places and he gave me joy. He gave me fulfillment and he gave me satisfaction. And I've come to this place tonight to let you know that we don't get into this for any other reason than to live for Jesus and tell everyone around us that Jesus can do the same for them that he did for us. Everything that we do is about him. Everything that we sing, every good moral that we have, every standard on our life, every pursuit that we have, every dream, desire, and passion is for His glory. And the moment that we step outside of that is the moment that we have missed everything. I love the story of John 1, the first disciples that followed Jesus. Jesus just walked by these two guys. And they just begin following Jesus. Jesus at one point looks back at him and says, what are you seeking? In other words, what do you want? Out of following me, what do you want? And I love these two men's response because they look back at Jesus and they say, where are you staying? In other words, I don't want anything other than to be right where you are. The first people that followed Jesus, that was their heart's cry. Here we are 2,000 years later, and I'm trying to bring us back to that place tonight, to just want to be where he is. Let it be said about your life. Let it be said about this room, this ministry that we are a people that was just where he is.
We can't complicate Christianity. It's really not complicated. God sent his son Jesus to die for us. He hung on a cross for us. He bled for us. He was put in a grave for us. He rose again for us. And now he's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. This is why we do what we do for us to see that tonight. And I know I, I, know I didn't get too loud, too crazy. I'm just trying to speak to you and remind you that it's not about that. It's about him. It's about Jesus. pray tonight that you just already sense his presence and his love that the things that you walked in here with because of his love is cast out I pray that you leave this room tonight full of freedom, full of faith getting back to that real raw place of the fundamentals the essentials the things that we need worship, prayer. I just pray for a fundamental revival because that's the thing that's going to cause you to win in life. If all you've been experiencing is loss after loss after loss, just go back to that place of prayer. Go back to that place of worship, of devotion to Him. Have we forsaken the fundamentals of just being you know, we can kind of learn how to do this without them. We could grow a ministry without them. Ministry is actually a loose word in that context. We could grow an organization without them. We could look good on Instagram without them. We can sound good without them. Have a form of godliness but no power, no joy. I'm telling you, we need him. We need him in this hour. We need him in this city. We need him in our generation. We need him in our lives. We need him. We need him in the public libraries. We need him at the gas stations. We need him in our bedrooms. We need him. Come on, at coffee shops. We need him at Kroger. We need him right now in this place. Would you lift your hands in this room? Father, we cry out to you tonight and we say we need you. We need you so bad. We need you more than ever. God, let us come back to that simple place with you. God, right now we repent. We turn away from making it about everything else, although sometimes those things are good, but they're not God. So, Father, I pray right now that we just come back to the heart, a simple heart of worship. Thanks for listening. For more information, connect with us on social media at 1132YA.